God bless you and thank you so much for staying tuned. There is a word from the Lord, as I said earlier, and that word has your name written on it. Let us pray. Father God, we delight in giving your name to praise this day. We thank you, O oh God, for your word that shall be spoken into the hearts and the minds of your people, that, Father, they would have good success in achieving divine purpose, that, Father, you would be glorified, and if you are glorified, your people shall be edified. Bless, I pray now, O oh God, this word that it shall attach to the very fabra fabric of the being of the hearers. O oh, Father, that they shall even become the very essence of the word in order to complete it. I pray your Holy Spirit anointing upon me, O oh God, even now, as I would speak forth your word. Give me, I pray, dear God, not only what to say, but how to say it. And I give your name the praise, honor, and glory. I thank you for the victories that shall come because of your people taking hold of this, your word. Thank you, O God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The word of the Lord is coming to you today uh, from the book of St. Matthew as we continue in this series called Winning Strategies uh, for the year 2021, or Winning Strategies for 2021. St. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to uh, cross over into uh, verses 13 through 16. Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, I'm going to pause for a moment. We understand that at that moment, Jesus began to teach his disciples uh, what we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, and so forth. And we understand that as Jesus would announce one of these, we understand that the way in which Jesus would talk, we see these blessed as uh, a subject. And then he would begin to teach very specifically concerning those matters that he had announced. So it's important to realize that Jesus, as he taught his disciples, will also teach us. You are being taught as you will receive the word of God today on how to apply it so that you would have good success. I want to emphasize in verses 13 through 16 here, where Jesus actually tells us or imparts to us the wisdom, knowledge, and the understanding of who and what exactly we are. And who and what you are, um, it, it gives rise to its ability, its uh, ableness, uh, the, the power uh, that's within those objects in this particular case that Jesus is talking about. He's going to talk about salt and he's going to talk about light. Bear with me. Verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trotted underfoot of men. Mm. Ye are, he says, ye are the light of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. 
a city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. God wants the people to see the gifting, the talent, even the very essence of who you are, that they might come to know him. God has gifted you. God has blessed you. And here in the text, he's letting you know what you or, or what you are, but also who you are, and that he's saying that you should demonstrate the characteristics of these items that he has mentioned, salt and light salt and light. And in this, we understand the first two scriptures, he's dealing with uh, sharing with them uh, a methodology uh, or a procedure, if you will, a strategy as to how you are to move and flow. Praise God that you can bring glory and honor to God and be successful in that which God called you to be. Strategy is paramount in scripture, throughout the scripture, we see various strategies uh, uh, spring forth that the men of God, the women of God would go forth to accomplish greatness, to achieve uh, the very things that we read about and that we are still actually performing. We are living in the book of Acts where we act out the characteristics of Christ being who it is that God created us to be. We call it fulfilling divine purpose. And so strategy becomes incredibly important, incredibly important. Strategy, it is a plan of action or a policy that's designed to achieve uh, a major or an overall aim, something that you're designed to do. What is your strategy? How are you going to get from point A to point B? Mm. I shared with you on last week, that God is invested in your success. You've got to understand this. You, you must believe this. He created you for a reason. Praise God. Hear me. It is vitally important and totally necessary that in the year 2021, hear this. Ah, you must be mentally and spiritually strong and being confident in who God created you to be in order that you have victory in all of your endeavors, in all that you set your heart, your mind to do. God is invested in that. Ah, praise God. Praise God. I, I want to say that again for emphasis. Somebody needs to write this down and believe it so that you will receive it and, and work it. Praise God. Move and flow in it. And you'll see that God will give you, praise God, the success. You must be mentally and spiritually strong and being confident in who God created you to be in order that you have victory in all you set out to do to the glory of God. 
Praise God. I, I, I'm excited about the word today because I know that you're going to apply this word to your life and God is going to give you good success as you reach for it, as you push through, praise God, in order to, to, to get the victory. Praise God. And so in our thrust scripture today, Jesus informs us that we are two things. You've got to get this. Jesus said, we are two things. Number one, we are the salt of the earth. Number two, we are the light of the world. If we live and function in the personality of these things, we will absolutely accomplish everything that we put our hearts and our hands to do. Salt. Let us examine salt just for a moment. We talked a little about light just a few moments ago. Praise God. Salt. Its purpose is to season or to influence, as I said on last week, to influence the tolerance of taste. Listen, <laughs> there are some things that God has called you to do that is not necessarily going to be comfortable or your favorite thing to do. However, it is necessary. Well, you are the salt of the earth. And so uh, God being with you, in you, and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, speaking into your heart will cause those things to be more tolerable that you may achieve purpose. Success is never laden or have a path of comfort and totally and only delightful things to do or to perform in order that you would have success. Sometimes the road is bumpy. Many times we are on a sea that becomes stormy. Oh my God. Sometimes our bodies are afflicted, but yet we've got to keep on keeping on. This is the will of God. Salt also has the ability to purify or to kill or dislodge contaminants. I like that. It serves as um, several things. Hear me. Because it's necessary that you live in the personification of salt. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> salt is a texture in enhancer. In other words, the feel ought to be better. Let me make it plain. I, and I don't want to stay on these too long, praise God. But you've got to understand that this is what you are called to do as you are the, perform, the personification of what God says that you are. Uh, a texture enhancer, things and situations, your mere presence ought to cause things to be somewhat a lighter load uh, or easier. It's texture. It's feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can put salt on something that, that appears to be decaying, and what that salt will do is cause that to drop off, or, well, hopefully you put the salt on it, let me say it this way, before the contaminants uh, reach it. Praise God. And also, also, a quality of salt is that it is a flavor enhancer. Mm. Someone ought to be able to endure hardness and go through things because you were there to speak life into their situation, because you were uh, there to speak a positive and a, an encouraging word in, in, in a hurting time. 
Number three, it is a source of needed nutritions in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Although most Americans consume uh, too much salt, it is a, a nutrient that is that's actually essential uh, for survival. Sodium is needed to help relax and, and contract muscles. I know some of you didn't know that. Also, it, it deals with or affects your nerve impulses. Mm. <laughs> ah, so much that's running through my mind and my heart as, as I'm saying these things. And also, uh, it helps to sustain a proper balance of minerals and water in the body. Uh, the amount of sodium in your body affects your thirst. Uh, <laughs> praise God. If you need, uh, well, praise God, it will affect uh, your desire to add water or it lets you know that you have enough water. Praise God. And number four, uh, salt serves as a binder. When you mix salt to it, praise God, I've researched this uh, thoroughly. When, when you add salt to uh, a substance and you want to uh, mix it with something, the salt actually causes it to uh, allow that to adhere even better, or it helps it to be bound. It serves as a binder. My God, my God, every child of God ought to serve to cause someone to be closer to God, uh, to, to cause them to grow closer and stronger, uh, that their relationship, praise God, not just by word, but by deed, praise God. You are the salt of the earth. And also, uh, number five, salt serves as a color enhancer. It causes the brilliance of that color to come out, praise God. But one of the most profound usages of salt has a great spiritual significance. Bear with me as I deal with this just a little bit. Salt is a preservative. Salt is a preservative. Oh, I know I'm going to have to prove this to you. And this is what I want to deal with because God is calling you to be a preservative. Ha, ah, praise God. Let me say it this way. The sin-filled the sin cities, plural, of Sodom and Gomorrah were preserved or spared from the wrath of God because of righteous Lot who lived in that city of Sodom. God would not bring upon his wrath or his judgment upon that city as long as Lot lived in the city. Mm. But judgment day finally came. And you've got to understand that the word of God is right. Judgment day is coming. And we as the people of God, we as the salt of the earth, our job is not to judge, but to help others prepare for the judgment because the judgment is coming. Praise God. We find the story of Lot in the book of Genesis chapter 19. Mm. And in that story, we note that Lot was the nephew of Abraham. And we know also that Abraham was a righteous man. Ah, there's so much I want to say. 
Abraham was a righteous man. Three angels visited Abraham prior to their going to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah for the purpose of destroying it. <laughs> and so Abraham, when he saw the three men or angels, as we understand, he entertained them. In other words, he fed them. He gave them water. He was kind to them. This was no accident. Praise God. It was even during that time that he that the angel pronounced a blessing upon Sarah and Abraham, letting them know that, yes, you're going to bear a son. And, and my, my purpose and point is not to deal with that storyline, but to actually deal with the strategies employed that Sodom and Gomorrah might be preserved. Ah. And so when Abraham realized that they were on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah, he knew that his nephew Lot was there in the city. And of course, he had a heart for his nephew. He loved his nephew and he wanted him to be spared. And so Abraham says to him, <clears throat> says to the angels, <clears throat> look, hold on, hold on. If you can find just 50 righteous men there, will you spare the city? They said, absolutely. Now, obviously, Abraham knew that this was a very wicked area the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, wait a minute, if you find 45 righteous, just men, will you spare the city? Look at how God will work with us. How patient and long-suffering he is with us. Just because it appears as though you've gotten away with sin for a while does not truly mean you've gotten away. That time God is sparing you that you might get things right. But guess what? As I say from time to time, time is tick-tock, tick-tock. Time is ticking away. And so um, Abraham obviously has the understanding, well, oh my goodness, what if there's not 45? Wait, will you spare the city for 30? And he goes on, oh my goodness. 20. Would you spare it for 10? And they said, yes, we will spare it for 10. And so they go on to the city. Mm. See, God wants to use you as that preservative for your home. That preservative. Stand in the gap. Intercede through prayer and fasting. It's making a difference. And so the story goes that now the two angels actually come to the area of Sodom and and they found it filled with filthy sin. We understand that there were all kinds of treacherous sins there taking place. Liars, cheats, adulterers, uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, all of these things, these sinful things. Amen. It is written. These things uh, are sins before God. And so God had decided enough is enough, but he would not destroy the cities until Lot, the salt, was no longer in the cities. See, God has rules that he will not go against. And so we note that God would not destroy the city as long as Lot, the salt of the earth, was in the city. 
Genesis 19 and 22 says this. As the angels had a conversation with Lot, they said, come with us and go to the mountain. And Lot, righteous Lot, didn't want to go to the mountain. He says, but there's another city called Zor. Well, can we go there? Let's, let's go there. And Genesis 19 and 22 responds to that. It says, haste thee, escape thither or escape there, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither or until you're out of this place. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor, Z-O-A-R, Zor. That is the alternate place that uh, Lot wanted to go to. It means significant. The word Zor literally means significant. It was there that something significant was obviously was going to take place in the life of Lot. Because when he got there, praise God, obviously it was not, he realized also that it was not what he thought it uh, to be because then he changed his mind and said to let the angels know, okay, I'll go to the mountains. You know, we ought not waste our time. When God calls us to do something, don't try and bargain with God. Don't try and make a deal with God. God always always knows what's best for us. Praise the Lord. And so Lot obviously came to himself and said, I'll go there. I'll go there. Praise God. But I want to say this, and those of you that know the story, how when the angels was there in the city, uh, Lot took them in and, and blessed them with something to eat, something cool to drink and so forth. But the men of the city, and I'm telling the story as, as it is biblically explained, praise God. Those men came and was beating on the door, knocking on the door, demanding that Lot would allow them to come out so that he could, so that they, and the Bible says old men and young men, they wanted to have their way sexually with these men. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Lot even went as far as offering them his daughters instead of his guests, these men. But long story short, the angels struck them, these men, with blindness. And even in their blindness, they still were grappling around for the door, trying to get into them. See, deep-seated sin is hard to release, but you can release it. Praise God. And I have often said no one gets to go to hell without God giving an opportunity to change your ways. Truth will never change because of your opinion or because of legislation or because you pronounce that you had an epiphany. No, God is not going to change his word at all. Praise God. And so we understand the story that uh, Lot took his wife and his two daughters and the angel led them out. He said, get up into the mountain while we destroy these cities. And the fire of God, fire and brimstone fell and totally destroyed. The Bible lets us know that there was nothing left. God wiped it out, destroyed it even to the ground. God hates sin and judgment day is coming. Praise God. But I want you to see this. I want you to see this, how even in this story, salt was left or in, in the story to let us know the significance and the importance of salt. As Lot led his wife and daughters 
out of the city. And as they walked away from the city, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, and we understand that God commanded them, don't look back, don't turn around. My God, you want to talk about a, a strategy, a powerful strategy. Oh, my God, for 2021, don't look back, don't go back, but keep it moving forward. <laughs> strategy, don't look back, don't return, don't go back, but keep it moving forward toward your objecting, toward pleasing God, toward fulfilling that which God has placed in your spirit. You know what to do. Now push forward. Genesis 19 and 26 says this, but his wife, talking about Lot's wife, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. How ironic. Out of all the things that God would allow her to be turned into, it was a pillar of salt. Uh, this serves as an example for you to remember. You are the salt of the earth. You have purpose. You must walk in your purpose, fulfilling the will of God. She was on the right track. People of God, you're on the right track, following God. The Bible says here that she looked back from behind him, meaning behind Lot. In other words, Lot was lead, leading. Lot had to lead. He was leading them in the right way. And then she decided as she was behind him, following him to look back. And she turned into a pillow of salt from that day forward to this that we might recall and remember that we're the salt of the earth and that there's a holy standard that as salt, we must live. Why did she look back? God told you what to do. He literally said, don't look back. Keep it moving forward. Don't let the sounds bother you. Don't let anything bother you. Just Keep moving forward in the will of God. Keep moving forward in what you know God is calling you to do. Why did she look back? As I ponder this, could it be that she thought to reflect on the good times and her precious possessions that she experienced in 2020, I mean, in Sodom. Mm. Don't look back, saints. God has something better for you. Here's another winning strategy for you. This is very important for you. You must have a God-inspired strategy in order to guarantee victory. Your approach, your methodology, your way, must be God-inspired, divinely inspired. In other words, get your strategy from God. Ah, people of God, if you're going to be successful in the year 2021, you must get or receive your strategy <clears throat> from God. Praise God. Every time you see victory in Scripture, there is a strategy in place prior to movement toward your objective or their objective. There are so many examples in scripture that display this, but I'm going to point out one powerful example and then uh, 
I think time will expire and we'll be back on next week with some more very specific strategies. I, I pray that you hear this and that you receive this. Watch this. Watch this. The very first battle fought by the children of Israel when they entered into the wilderness was with the children uh, or the Amalekites. Uh, and they won that fight, but they won it with a strategy. When you look over the book of Exodus chapter 17, you will see that there is a powerful strategy that they were able to uh, win that battle. Now, I want you to understand this. They were unskilled fighters. They were unlearned military strategists. Remember, back in Egypt, <clears throat> they were slaves. But it doesn't matter your level of experience. When God calls you and appoints you and anoints you to fulfill or do a thing, you have everything in your sphere of influence to use to gain victory. Even if you truly don't have it, he'll send someone to help you. And even if he doesn't send someone to help you, hallelujah, he will be the ram in the bush himself. God himself will help you. Watch this. The book of Exodus chapter 17. So powerful. I would that you would read it even after the message today. Verses 9 through 13. Listen to the powerful strategies that uh, live within the text here. Um, verse 9 of Exodus chapter 17 says this. And Moses said unto Joshua, watch this, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill. This is Moses talking. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. My God, my God. Let me pause there for a moment. Let me pause. Let me pause there for a moment. And so here we see tomorrow. Even your timing. Timing is everything. In the year 2021, you've got to be sure of your timing. You want to move in the flow of the divine timing of God. Just because there appears to be an opportunity doesn't mean that that is the right time that God would release you. You've got to sense it. You've got to feel it. You've got to know it in your spirit that now is the time. Don't miss the moment. You can't afford to miss the moment. Timing is everything. Uh, and he says, I will stand on the top of the hill. There's a place, there's a posture that you, my God, that you must hold. The way your position and posture, the way you position and posture yourself uh, will determine your stamina, how long you're able to stand, push until you prevail. You've got to position and posture yourself in the word of God, being convinced, convicted, and confident that what God says, my God, you've got to be postured and positioned in that word so that you don't waver, so, so that you don't doubt. It will, it will cause you to walk in spiritual stamina. It's going to bless you. With the rod of God in mine hand, Moses says, listen to me. God gives to each of us tools, knowledge, wisdom, 
ability. He even gives people in our lives that we might use to his glory. And when I say use, I don't mean use in a bad way, but I mean they're there to accompany you. They're there to help you. And even so, as they're there to help you in some way, shape, form, or another, they help themselves to succeed because at that time, your purposes uh, are flowing harmoniously together. In other words, what they do for you helps you, but what they do and what you do also helps them. You are a team. Ah, if I have time, I'm going to talk about the concept of team in just a little. But verse 10 there of Exodus chapter 17 says this, and it came to pass. Oh, I love that phraseology. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, or when he let and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. I'm going to say something strategic and very important to you. Hear me, hear me, people of God. Hear me. You must understand that while you fight, while you work, while you push and pursue your objective whether it's striving to live holy, whether it's striving to, to build a business, build a ministry, whatever it is. Many times during that process, there will be times, there will be times that you feel like a failure. But understand this, failure is never solidified until you quit. You've got to understand this. You, you're not a failure because you're still fighting. You're not a failure because you're still pursuing your objective, pursuing to please God, pursuing to accomplish purpose. Oh, you've got to hear me. You're not a failure. You might've been knocked down, but you're not knocked out. Praise God. Ah. <laughs> you might be down for the count. Five, six, four, three, two, you're not out. You are not a failure. If that desire, if that passion, if that drive is in your heart, get up and fight again. Get up and push again. Oh, you're not the only one. We all go through it. Even Jesus went through it. Jesus, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he had to go to the cross of his crucifixion. He turns in prayer to the father and says, Father, if there's any way that you can do this some other way, Lord, <laughs> he didn't quit. He wasn't a failure. But he felt like at this moment, I, 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 you, you know, Lord, if there's some other way, have you ever felt like that? You're still in the race, but you think about quitting. You think about giving up, but you haven't quit. Praise God. He says, Father, if there's some way you can take this cross, this, this problem, this issue, if you can take it away, this pain, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 12 says, but Moses' hands, I'm going to close on this note. Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat thereon. Have you ever been tired? 
Have you ever felt like just quitting? You've done all that you knew, but your strength, you, you're now weak. <laughs> they says, they helped him out. Aaron and Hare, her. The one on the one side. Well, let me, let me read the scripture to you. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon and Aaron and her stayed up his hands. Aaron and her. That's another way that saying that they helped him. God will send help in the time of need. God knows how to do a thing. The scripture continues to say, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I love verse 13. That's victory right there. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. That means they won the victory. But they had to keep on pressing forward. Ah, in twenty twenty one, even when you feel like you're too tired to move on, keep on, cause God will send help. Praise God. And so I want to I want to close with this. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Mentally and spiritually strong people realize that they are not completely self reliant. You need help. <laughs> I'm saying that in a positive way. You need help. But you can't trust any old body. You've got to get help that God has de designated for you. Mentally and spiritually strong people. In 2021, you must be mentally and spiritually strong. Mentally and spiritually strong people realize that they are not completely self-reliant. A winning strategy for the year 2021 is to carefully and prayerfully choose people that are trustworthy, competent, and committed to help you fulfill your purpose. Remember, remember, Moses said to Abraham, choose you out men from the tribes. You've got to be very careful, very selective as you choose who it is that is to help you fulfill your purpose, your goals, and because you must remember that you are not self-reliant. God would never allow you to win the victory all by your lonesome, all by yourself, because we would become heady and think that I don't need anybody. I, I don't need anyone. I, I'll do it myself. No, you won't. No, you won't. And so how do we compare? Um, how do we competently choose or select helpers? I assure you, I'm going to finish right here. But this is so key. I write in my book that is not yet to be published called Born to Lead. A little bit of what I'm going to share with you today. Hear me and I want you to apply this to your life because you can't make it all by yourself. You can't do everything all by yourself. You need a spiritual confident, confidant. You need someone that you can trust to help you reach your dream. Praise God. So how do we competently choose or select helpers? Hear me. Hear me. First of all, it's called a team. Moses, Aaron, her, 
and even Joshua and those men that were chosen to help him win the, the, the battle, the fight was called a team. You've got to work with a team in order to be successful in 2021. I know some of you may not want to hear it because you feel like you've done everything by yourself so far and you've got this far. But in order for you to take the great leap and have great success, oh, you've got to work with a team. Tough. None of us have arrived where we are all by ourselves. Huh. A good team always, a, a good team is always relevant to winning or accomplishing the overall mission's goals. On several occasions, I've heard the acronym uh, describing team as T-E-A-M. Together, everyone achieves more. And remember when I, when, when I said that even every helper is actually adding to themselves or helping themselves because they are a piece of, of the puzzle of the whole of what God is doing. What you're doing, that purpose, that thing that God is using you and called you to do is just a piece of what God is doing as a whole. And so everyone is blessed as we work together as a team. But you've got to choose your team as God gives uh, insight, spiritual insight, as he, as, as he inspires you to do so. Therefore, it is imperative that you build a winning team. When choosing subordinates, the usual qualities are, uh, the usual qualities uh, of, a, of a leader should look for, uh, is this, that leader should look for loyalty, Competence, integrity, intelligence, moral and physical courage, toughness with empathy, the ability to identify potential in others, and the having the tenacity to inspire them to produce a commendable product. Mm. This is what you need as you assemble your team for the year 2021. Beyond that, I want subordinates or helpers who will respectfully differ with me, but execute my decisions with total loyalty, even as if it was their decision originally. That is a matter of trust. You must trust those that are on your team, as Moses trusted Aaron and her, as he trusted Joshua, and Joshua trusted the warriors to fight, my God, the good fight of faith. We'll call it that. Amen. To fight until they want. I've got to close, people of God. I've got to close. I pray that you've been blessed by these strategies. I pray that you've taken good notes and we're going to return even on next week with winning strategies for the year 2021. As the Lord wants us all to be successful and fulfill divine purpose, so I want the same for 